Okay, I mean, I'm tired of being the one that opens this up, so oh, okay. it's over to you. Oh, cool. All right, so on today's episode of Bring It In, we were joined by Mark Matthews, who is the Global Operations Head and Head of Digital Transformation at Deutsche Bank. Uh, Sam had a great sit down with him. They rap a lot about what it really means to be able to adapt in a post-COVID-19 struck world. On top of just digital practices, what are the interpersonal changes that people are going to be doing too? Yeah, and Mark, Mark is in a category in an industry right now that is going through a lot of change, no different than a lot of other categories. Mark's held a bunch of senior roles in the banking area, uh, specifically around infrastructure, technology, strategic transformation. And uh, you know, I was excited to talk to Mark, mostly because of his uh, impact on people right now during COVID. Uh, I mean, all the leaders out there that are trying to think about how you get people up every day, how you get them excited, how you get the most out of them, uh, this is what I wanted to talk about. So, Let's jump right in. This is Mark Matthews. Let's get started. Mark, it'd be awesome for you to, maybe if you could share a little bit about your background and your role to kick us off. Oh, it definitely Sam. So uh, 30 years in financial services at different large uh, banks based in both the US and, and Europe. Um, I'm focused on digital transformation of operational processes and business processes. Um, and that's the culmination of you know, decades of working in both, um, both the business and a variety of infrastructure and change roles. So uh, really, really exciting space to be in right now. Sure. There's a, the kind of a hot topic that's come up right now with a lot of our conversations has been around this concept of future of work and what that means to different organizations when you, when you hear future of work, what, do you, what, what comes to mind for you and uh, your business? Well, it was really interesting because before the pandemic, uh, one of our strategic uh, objectives as part of a, a strategic planning session we have at the beginning of every year uh, was in fact uh, flexible working. Uh, we didn't have COVID in mind when we started doing it, but the things we did have in mind I think are big opportunities now. So that includes things like um, diversity inclusion focus, which became even more uh, of a focus area over the last couple of months. So being able to accommodate uh, different people's um, needs in terms of uh, flexible working, uh, but still being able to tap into talent and being less bound by physical proximity uh, and taking advantage of uh, different uh, different tools and technologies that that allow you to maintain a level of virtual intimacy with individuals and your clients, uh, but don't necessarily require them to be in one place. So that was something we were already working on. And, and now that's taken on uh, obviously a new, new, um, a new perspective because uh, future of work focuses a lot on business resilience uh, and being able to keep your business running, stay connected to your clients, continue to service your clients, even if you can't physically be in the office. Um, and that's, that's something that, that we've been really focused on. And it's, it's really opened our eyes to leverage a variety of new, new tools and uh, really accelerate adoption, uh, both, both inside and, and outside our organization. What, what's worked? What, what's, been, what's been more challenging than you thought it would? Well, it's really worked in terms of leadership. You know, the, it's a bit cliche, but it's very true, which is the role of a leader is to attract and develop and retain talent. And in my position, that means making sure I have talented managers and leaders uh, all over the world in the different products and, and functions that we support. So the, the first thing it's meant is, is, is happily being able to leverage that investment 
uh, and rely on the fact that we have a, a really strong team uh, and that we continue to operate as a team even in, even in the face of this incredible, um, incredibly unique situation that we're dealing with. So that's worked really well is, is the investment in people. Um, what's been challenging over time, surprisingly, people really do rally in a crisis. Uh, they say crisis reveals character. I think, you know, the, the character of our organization really came through. But over time, the, the, the physical and mental toll of people working at home uh, and, you know, people have different situations in terms of what they can and cannot accommodate. Sometimes there's more than one person working at home. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, multiple people plus kids attending virtual school. That can create a lot of physical um, and mental stress uh, that we've really been trying to, to help uh, the team with, uh, with different services and, and things. And we, we had already done some leading work on mental health uh, care in the workplace, but we've had to double down on that pretty significantly. The, the inability for people to make that transition, which on the one hand has been beneficial because we've gotten productivity uplift of people not wasting time on sometimes very long commutes, but the fact that people don't have that separation between home and work uh, and, and missing out on that transitionary period has is, is really been something. And you throw in the fact that, that gyms are closed and, and other things, people have had to uh, you know, adapt different ways of keeping fit, both physically and mentally. Yeah, I'm running out of Peloton workouts to do. <laughs> <laughs> you, you made a comment about talented managers, which I think is really interesting. I have a, a, a favorite book, Gallup. I don't know if you're familiar with the book Gallup did on It's the Manager. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty pretty awesome study around managers being kind of the critical part of the employee engagement um, model. What, what do you say to, to younger managers today who um, are struggling to try to keep their employees or their direct reports connected and coach and develop and maintain culture while being a part? Anything that you've learned or, or advice you have? Yeah, it, it's, a, it's really, um, it's very situational. It's very specific to uh, geography and demographic and uh, years of service. And so you find that people who've had uh, maybe a, a decade or more experience in the organization or at a certain point in their career uh, where they've developed a level of expertise in a position and a value proposition in the bank, their, their feelings about this and their, um, their challenges are very different than an employee that's got maybe two to five years of experience is still learning, is still looking for opportunity, still dependent, particularly in a large organization where networking and sponsorship are so essential to career development, um, you've got very different stress points there. And so the things that we've tried to do, and I think we still have an, a lot more work to do on this, is to replace the fact that you know a, a newer employee can't just pop into the office of a more experienced employee and develop that, that connectivity or sit down with a person and, and train up. Um, we've really had to lean on virtual ways to do that. Now that could be you know, a Zoom happy hour or um, you know, virtual training, which is obviously something that we're, we're really focused on. How do you invest and develop your employees in really a virtual environment and replace the um, you know, embrace, replace that sort of uh, teacher-student relationship uh, with, with something that you can do in a virtual fashion and still get all the value out of it. So I think that's something that's definitely a work in progress, but definitely uh, one that we're very focused on. What, what, do, you, what do you think about uh, the impact that being virtual has on 
maybe some of the more serious trainings. You mentioned diversity and inclusion, equity, uh, implicit bias, those types of topics. Uh, do you feel like, uh, and especially given the climate in the moment, you know, uh, with the way the world is, uh, what, have, what have you learned or what is your perspective on how, uh, how those types of trainings can move forward and still kind of build on the momentum that it seems we had before COVID? Yeah, what, one, of the, one of the interesting uh, results of, of being in this pandemic environment is focus. And you know, it's very typical in organizations to pile on with loads of objectives and goals and you know, focus gets diluted. And it is, it is a fact that most of us try to ignore, but multitasking isn't really effective. And it's something we all are, are, are uh, you know, a victim to. But the crisis has allowed us to really focus on things because we've had to. You know, focusing in the early days of just keeping up and running. Focus, you know, after that. Well, how do we how do we continue on uh, when the worst didn't happen? And on things like diversity and inclusion, uh, when you have the events that have happened, not just in the United States, but my my role is very global. I work in a very global organization. It's remarkable when you see things like this that are become cultural impacts not just in the United States, but all over the world, um, that becomes something people can focus on because everyone is interested in it and they are not distracted by other things. So we have probably made more progress uh, in the last few months than maybe in the prior few years, simply because of the, the uh, collective global sense of urgency and attention. Um, and we've really got people's attention to focus because they're, they're benefiting in the current environment from really just needing to focus on what's very, very important. And certainly diversity and inclusion is something that's, that's always been very important, but, but certainly right now is, is really uh, top of mind for everyone. On, on the point on the talented managers, I've just, you know, there's a bunch of businesses that the HR team has sort of been, uh, I don't wanna, you know, uh, emptied depending on the industry and the reliance is passed down to middle managers and you see how certain organizations that develop those managers the right way, they were ready versus the ones who maybe just continued to promote and promote based off of performance, not based off leadership skills. And it's very clear to, uh, you know, in certain industries um, that, that we're inter interacting with. So you mentioned Gallup, which is it. There, there are two, uh, two, two, two sort of schools of thought that, that I think are really valuable for the forward. One, one is uh, uh, Buckingham uh, wrote a book, First, First Discover Your Strengths. And it was basically, um, basically the concept from a team concept is put people in position to optimize their, their best skills and you know, mitigate whatever their weaknesses are, which was a much better sort of, uh, sort of a sports approach to things, which is you know, don't, don't run the same offense all the time if your players have different skills. And it's a, a big departure from organizational theory that that it existed before. But the second guy is is Stan McChrystal, um, who used to be uh, used to be in charge of all JSOC forces um, post 9/11, and he really introduced this idea of uh, trust through transparency. But in, in particular, to your your manager analogy, he's got a really interesting insight, which is if you really want organizational transformation, you've got to convert that first line manager to you know whatever it is and make them part of the change because if you don't you know the top-down stuff doesn't work it's really interesting stuff there but um yeah yeah, yeah. lots of like, lots of cool cool things like trickle do. trickle down training as sometimes we call it yeah it never quite work. gets 
quite never quite <laughs> get to the people that need it. Mark, I have one one final question that we kind of wrap with, uh, and appreciate your time on this topic of future of work. Kind of asking leaders what your what your hope is uh, for the future of work as you think about the way that work inter, inter you know uh, impacts people at all corners of the workforce, vulnerable populations, different business models uh, from retail to restaurants. What is, what is your hope for the future of work? Well, I think that we take the current situation and uh, jump on all the silver linings that are emerging in this pattern. Uh, if someone had asked me to model up, hey, see what it's like if every single person works from home um, or you know, 95% of your team works from home, I would have said, you know, that's a ridiculous scenario um, that'll never happen globally, and yet here we are. And so, what my hope is is that we continue on, and it could be, you know, specific to our business. Clients are adapting to um, digital solutions at a much faster rate than they ever did before. They were always good solutions, but now there's a collective sense of urgency. Uh, two, the the fact that we've proven that people can be effective and incredibly productive in some cases more productive trading in that um, uh, the time they spend commuting for work uh, for work that people can be more uh, flexible in terms of when they need to be in the office and I hope we hold on to that um, I hope we hold on to outdoor dining outdoor dining's been a great thing so um, I, I think there are a whole bunch of things that actually we've learned can absolutely work um, and I really hope that that digital adoption which was already underway um, but has seen a massive acceleration. I hope we, we see that. And the fact that we can really diversify our workforce is going to create loads of opportunity for people, but for companies as well to dip into different labor pools without having to go through the effort of, of lifting and dropping their, um, their centers of operation from one place to another. Uh, now talent, talent can be available uh, pretty much anywhere. Um, and that's going to create a really, really interesting uh, workforce dynamic, I think, in the, in, the, in the decades to come. Absolutely. Mark Matthews, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Sam. So that was Mark Matthews. Uh, Jaime, what'd you think? Oh, that was great. I mean, I really like what he said about the silver linings. Everything's changed, and we either have a choice to be able to roll with it and find the best thing or uh, not. Yeah, I thought Mark was on the money, though, with the way we should be thinking right now about the future of work. Any strategy we employ, any initiative that we intend to roll out, we need to do it from a perspective of full workforce. The future of work is not about any one job. It's not about any one function. It's not about any one industry. But it's about making sure that people are at the center of our of our strategy and are at the center of what we're working on. So, so that was a great conversation, and we even got to get you you know got you in here too, Jaime. That was yeah. Fun. It's nice to be in front of the microphone. Uh, Jaime's the director of Branded Media at One and All. He's normally the one putting everything together. We've talked about him in the past. Uh, so with that, Jaime, you want to send it home? Sure. Now back to work. I got to say it for the first time. Yeah. <laughs>